Welcome to The Spawn Chunks, episode number 19 for Monday, December 10th, 2018. My name is Johnny, but my Christmas jumper says Pixel Riffs, and joining me as always is the equally festive Joel Duggan. Hey, Joel. <laughs> I want a jumper that says Pixel Riffs now. <laughs> <laughs> I should start selling them, shouldn't I? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hi. Uh, and we are not alone this week. As we, we mentioned last week, we have a guest with us. Welcome, Fix It, from the realm of Vastin. Hello, everybody. It's a long distance call, but I'm here. <laughs> yeah, the distances were kind of difficult to work out because we're all in slightly different time zones. I'm over in the UK, Joel is in Canada, and you are on the East Coast, I believe, of the US. So we're all, I, I'm, I'm four hours apart from Joel, which is easy enough to work out normally, but then we just got to add that extra hour either side. Yeah, right on. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm really, I'm super happy for you guys to have invited me on. I can't, I'm looking forward to the conversation and I love your podcast as a side note. I've been listening for, for a while now and really, uh, really look forward to every Monday. Dude, thank you so much. That's, it's really awesome. Cause yeah, Wells, when we invited him on, obviously hadn't really listened to us all that much because I guess he's got other stuff to do. He's a busy man and stuff, but it's, it's really cool to know that we're at least getting out there and getting known in the Minecraft community at this point, like 19 episodes in, we feel like we've got a, a pretty solid foothold. And I, I keep getting people like spotting me in various other places and saying like, Oh, Hey, I listened to your podcast and now I'm checking out your stream or your YouTube videos. And it's really strange that people have found the podcast first. So yeah, it's, it's real cool. Yeah, it's it a fun feeling. Cool. I was actually hanging out in uh, Grumpy Owl's stream yesterday, and he, he had mentioned my name. And then, so, oh, by the way, Joel, Joel is the Spawn Chunks Joel. And then a couple people in chat were like, oh my god, hi! And it, that <laughs> was kind of a fun feeling. Super cool. That's awesome. So one of the things we uh, we like to do, Fix It, is kick off the week talking about what we've been up to in Minecraft. And since you are the guest of honor, uh, why don't you go first? Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, well, so I, so we started, uh, the realm of Vassin season three here just last week. And, uh, so it's been, it's been busy. And then, uh, just because I wasn't busy enough, we started a second server called Vassin dimensions. Um, which is kind of like, uh, it's the same exact world after season two. It's like a second copy, the exact same thing, but we have a lot more people. Maybe some people were just starting YouTube channels or people just didn't quite, um, uh, make the cut in time to uh, get into the realm of Vassin and some non-YouTubers. Um, and they're going to be making their own kingdoms on that. But but yeah, we've been, we started a new kingdom. Joel, I've been playing with you and watching your marvelous mm -hmm. redstoning, which is mind-blowing mind <laughs> to me completely. <laughs> and yeah, it's been, it's been really fun. It's been really busy and, and but uh, awesome to get to know uh, some people that I kind of knew, but better and, and hang out. And it's been a great time. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun as well. I mean, for me, a lot of my Minecraft time has been spent uh, on Vastin. I, I'm playing more than I normally would just because it's, you know, how often are you on a multiplayer server at its launch of a season with new people? And it's it's kind of like worth it to spend the extra couple hours late into the evening at the sacrifice of sleep uh, to get to know get to know some new people. Absolutely, so that's, that's really yeah. what I've been doing, you know, with, without kind of repeating all that, that fix it just said, I've just been getting to know server members on Vastin uh, and putting a lot of stream time in stuff like that. So it's been very vast and heavy for me this week as well. It's always great when you're starting a new server or at least yeah, starting a new season of a server, it's got that fresh new smell and everyone's like pitching in and playing way more often. And I, I feel like that's, that's just that energy, the momentum that everybody has helps each other along. Like if, if you're mm -hmm. playing an extra two hours a night, then everybody else is playing an extra two hours a night because they want to hang out. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's it, something that I find really interesting too, is that I've never played on a server that has been this active. I mean, the Citadel is pretty good. We've got five or six people that are on regularly. Three of us play probably once a week, but 
not to the point where I can just drop into a voice chat and almost always have someone around. Mm-hmm. The majority of the stuff on the Citadel is they're, they're casual players, right? They're kind of more hobbyist players rather than very much folks who create YouTube content or streams or very anything much. like that. Correct. Yeah. So yeah. so when you've got like content to work for, there's that additional drive of well, I've got to make mm-hmm. a video out of this. So how about I just keep mm-hmm. putting work into it? And yeah, ultimately it becomes uh, yeah a, a, a fun place to be around. And and the when you log in, there's always something new to take a look at is the, the best thing about those, those early server days. Somebody's always built something that wasn't there when you went to bed. Right. That, that's so fun. I just, I love like, you know, in between clips of a video, you know, cause like generally my videos are essentially two clips. I do like the first beginning, Hey, so here's what I'm going to build. And then I, I don't do a lot of building on camera for various reasons. And then I kind of come back it's like, here's what I built. But in the meantime, there's like six new buildings and new walls mm-hmm. and new paths and, you know, uh, <laughs> is that, that I didn't do. And it's really, it's really fun to see all that stuff. And we took, we took a, a, a no, no spoiler pledge this season where we just said, guys, don't, don't worry about it. We're all building the same place. Spoilers are going to happen. Just let's go. Just show it. Who cares? You know, and it's been a lot more freeing to just say, hello, hey, viewers, look, look at this building that Joel built or look at this building that Grumpy built and all that kind of stuff. It's been been very freeing and very fun. I find it funny the emphasis society has on not spoiling things these days. I feel like it's almost gone a little bit too far to the point where I don't really mind getting spoilers because I'm still interested in the process more than the the twist or something at the end. Like if somebody spoiled the ending of the new Avengers movie for me, I wouldn't really care because I would want to see how they got to that ending in the first place and like right. how everybody like the process going into that. So even if somebody's bo- somebody's build gets spoiled for like a different a different episode by a different person, I'm still going to go and check out the person who built that thing in the first place because I want to see what went into that and their thought process and their unique take on making the video about it. A lot of the time people will do really sweet time lapses where you get to see the whole thing being constructed in a matter of seconds. And yeah, seeing people's different approaches is always really fun. It is fun. And, and you know, I... I I've always found that like um, taking the extra time to, to make a thumbnail with shaders or something that looks nice and then that might get a couple extra clicks in the video, but they don't stay for that. They stay for the personality of the person talking, I think, generally, or the building style of the person there. And I think that that's what so, you know, if, if you love the other creators on Bastion, it doesn't matter if you see it on my video. You're you're not then not going to go click on Klautos's video, for example, mm-hmm. because sure. to hang out with him for half an hour or whatever, you know, I. I I, I, I think that they're quite overrated, especially particularly in this in this style of a Minecraft build. It's not like we're creating a uh, a big plot twist at the end or something. You know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I agree 100% because I, I think we even had this conversation, you and I, the other night on, on Discord. And, and that was when I see a build behind you with Jermsey's custom texture pack, I don't know what I'm looking at. Like, I have no idea what blocks they are. I mean, it looks amazing, but I don't know anything until I go watch Grumpy Owl or Pixel Brew or somebody whoever made it watch them make it and go oh that's andesite and oh that's cobble and terracotta i had no idea and so i i feel especially with Fastin, it's 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 less of a spoiler and more of a tease it's more of an enticing way like oh wow now i have something else to go watch which is good and bad for for my sleep schedule <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's funny you mentioned pixel brew i i was watching the launch episode of Vastin, and you kept calling pixel brew just pixel or pix and that's what my <laughs> friends call me like the, the sort <laughs> yeah. of nickname that comes up naturally when you've got pixel anything in your name just kind of shortens to that and so i kept like looking around if i was like drifting <laughs> off to kind of you know focus on something else i was building something in minecraft and had it on in the background i kept looking around as if somebody was like talking to me you mentioned my name and i was like do I, do I need to pay attention to this now and it's cool <laughs> it's also funny you mention um 
putting shaders in a thumbnail and stuff, because that's something I mentioned on Twitter earlier this week. I try not to use shaders in the thumbnails for my Minecraft survival guide series, which has gone daily right now. I'm, I'm trying to put out as many episodes of that as I can because people are really enjoying it. I'm getting so much great feedback on that series, but I try to keep it as authentic to the vanilla experience as possible. The only thing I'm allowing myself to do is add Optifine in just so I can occasionally zoom in on stuff or have like a little bit of an FPS boost. And um, yeah, I, I, I try not to put shaders in my thumbnails but i still want to walk around with shaders and take pictures of the stuff because it just looks so pretty <laughs> i was mm-hmm. I, I had right. that the hardest time when i built a windmill in the series earlier this week not putting the shader picture of the windmill just because of the clouds drifting past and the wheat kind of waving and stuff it uh, it looked it looked pretty sweet but that that series has been going really well for me i'm having a lot of fun this week i set up a spider spawner i tamed horses i'm doing stuff that i normally only scratch the surface of i feel like i don't tend to use a lot of the features in minecraft if i don't find them useful to whatever gameplay is happening at the time so i don't use horses to travel because i normally have elytra but right now i was working with elytra that didn't have mending or unbreaking so i didn't really want to use them because i was going to fall out of the sky after five minutes so i've been walking around on foot and taming horses to travel a little bit and you know doing that that unexplored side of minecraft for me has been fun because i'm trying to make it into a tutorial series where i'm explaining what everything is i've been enjoying that series and i think you're right on the money about um about like not using shares for that particular series because in a way it would almost be like false advertising like hey look you can do this but you can't really do this yeah, <laughs> unless no, you totally. have shaders. And I, I totally get that mindset and I love it. And I've, I've, I've actually been really enjoying that series as well. Thanks. I got a quick question about that, about that series. Uh, and when it comes to shaders or it comes to doing time lapses or taking screenshots, are you going to perhaps include that in part of the tutorial series? Like it gets a little bit outside of Minecraft, but I'm sure there's also a lot of people that, you know, even if they're not creating YouTube videos, they maybe want to share their images on minecraft forums or even just with their friends and it would be cool if they knew how to take a nice screenshot that's the thing somebody on twitter did say you should do an episode about taking good screenshots because that one looked really cool and i thought yeah maybe i should at some point it gets a little bit like you said meta for the series but once we've gone beyond oh hey here are some you know neat little starter projects you can do I do want to maybe go out into the meta stuff of like, and here's how you get into making Minecraft YouTube content if you want to. Here's like my philosophy on that. So mm-hmm. yeah, it could be something for the future, but we're probably talking like way down the line at this point. Oh yeah. Yeah. I'm just thinking like, you know, you've completed a really nice build. You've gone past the the basic tutorials and now you're into like end game building. Let's, let's do some cool building stuff. And I mean, hit me up because I think that would be kind of a fun collab if you're open to it because it, it involves like, you know, framing and video and mm-hmm. like even how people approach creating Minecraft towns, like you kind of have to think about it in, in the way that it's viewed from the player's point of view as they come over a hill and all that kind of stuff. It'd yeah, be, yeah. Be a really interesting conversation. I'd love to be a fly in the wall for that. That'd be cool. Yeah. Yeah. We'll have to uh, have to figure something out. How to get on the top of the front page of Reddit, <laughs> like how to how, <laughs> how, how to impress people on r slash Minecraft is, is probably the title of that one. Anyway, we should move on to the news because this uh, this discussion always gets away from us early in the uh, in the show. So news is probably going to be a relatively brief thing this week. We've got a couple of things to cover, but we decided that the majority of this episode was going to be us chatting to fix it about Vastan. So let's dive into what's happened this week. For a start, we've had uh, Minecraft snapshot 18 w 4 
1.49a, which I've coined the fruit update uh, because it added berries and berry bushes, first kind of features of 1.14 that we actually voted for, or in our case, voted against ostriches when, just uh, just saying. Um, <laughs> but berry bushes are kind of fun. Um, they work more or less as you would expect. You can bone meal them to get more berries out of them, kind of the way you can bone meal two tall flowers to get lots and lots of roses. Uh, you can eat berries. You can't really do much else with them. The one interesting thing about berry bushes for me is that you take damage if you are moving through them. If you stand still in a berry bush, you're fine. But as soon as you start to move out of it, you can't do that without taking damage. So potentially going to be useful for mob traps if people are short on magma blocks or don't want to visit the nether like you guys in Vaston do. So yeah, we'll mm. uh, we'll see what people end up using them for. I'm interested in the uh, the technical players weighing in on that one be kind of fun way to protect your your town or your your base without having to build a wall around the whole thing you just build a thick enough berry thicket if <laughs> yes if, if it takes long enough for a zombie to try to get through to the other side and they just die well then hey awesome <laughs> i'm imagining people doing them like the sort of thicket of thorns that surrounds the magic forest in maleficent if you guys yes. are familiar yeah that kind of thing yeah. where it's all brambles and stuff It'd be super neat <laughs> to incorporate some of those into the design certainly looks a little bit more aesthetically pleasing than a giant wall of cactus anyway <laughs> in the mi in the middle of a field, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. So uh, the other thing that uh, got updated was the the textures. Mm -hmm. uh, there was a tweet I think just earlier today. Uh, try the new Minecraft textures version three point three, uh, which is an update from three point one from two weeks ago, maybe three weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, a little bit confusing. Uh, there's not a lot of I guess notes because I can't figure out what the changes are. They didn't really allude to anything. Jappa just said, we've made some small tweaks. It'll be the last this year. And it's like, well, <laughs> not that's, helpful. That's yeah. shocking that it was very vague. I can't believe yeah, it. <laughs> it's bane of my existence. And and the other thing that is really confusing, and, and while I can at some points appreciate the speculation that then happens when Mo Yang is vague about, you know, releasing stuff, I also find the article very confusing because it's not a it's not a new post, yet it has a new date. It's an updated interview from the 3.1 release and there's a mistake in one of the links or it's an old link halfway through the article where it gives you the instructions about how to install the shaders. And it still and takes it you to the 3.1. Yeah. Takes you to 3.1. Uh, so for anybody that's listening, scroll all the way to the bottom of the link that we will have in the show notes and click the big green download button. That will get you 3.3. It seems like it should be the obvious thing. But yeah, if you scroll down and you're like, oh, here are the instructions. The link is right there. And you get a completely mm -hmm. different texture pack than the one they want you to give feedback on. Then some wires are going to get crossed here and there, aren't they? Yeah. Jappa, if you're listening, I know you have a spreadsheet somewhere. I <laughs> yes. want to change log. I want to know what's different outside of like cobblestone and one other thing. Release the spreadsheets. We know you have yeah. them. <laughs> just bullet points. I don't need to know what changed. Just like in terms of how it's changed. Just give me a bullet point. I updated this, 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 this. I can sort out the changes myself after that. Mm-hmm. And there are other little sneak peeks of things coming through. Lady Agnes posted a screenshot just before we started the podcast. Again, that's the thing that would have caught us out and would have happened after the podcast if we'd recorded it at a normal time. But thankfully, <laughs> this week we actually get to cover it. Uh, so Lady Agnes is working on Tiger Villages. There are some very cozy looking wood cabins, a little bit of cobblestone going in, quite a lot of cobblestone actually going in there. But uh, berry bushes kind of lining the driveway up to that. And yeah, they're looking they're looking pretty good. It seems like they are finding different styles to incorporate into each area, which I, I find pretty promising. 
Yeah, I would say it's certainly more than I expected uh, after watching Minecon. I kind of expected, you know, like a little bit here, a little bit there, not like really an overhaul of, of almost everything, every part of the village. And I, I, I'm more inspired to actually check it out than I ever, than I have been for well for the whole length of this uh, process of getting ready. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see them using stuff like using trapdoors as window shutters, which is something the community has always just kind of gone, yeah, no, that's the perfect use for them, but never appeared in any generated structures. Whereas now they've kind of taken that and put it in the game as an example to players. We, we talked about this a little bit last week when we kind of covered this, the Savannah villages in more depth, but none of the structures are particularly intimidating to new players. They're not looking at th stuff and thinking, well, I can't ever build anything that good. You know, unless you're still sort of very dirt house kind of era of of, of Minecraft, but I think yeah, they're, they're they're actually starting to to incorporate more advanced building techniques for want of a better word, like at, at least features like that that add more detail to the structures than them just being flat walls of oak and cobblestone. There's an encouraging thing that I saw too, where um, with the variations, uh, where there's like a, a perfect house and a house that's completely like mossy cobbled, for example, you know, and how it can be random, randomly selected from those two blocks. I think that could even go a lot further in the future. So I'm encouraged for the future of this village uh, transformation. Texturized walls for once in a generated structure. Imagine that. Yeah. Right. Again, just communicating what's possible, I think, to, to new players. Absolutely. So um, we wanted to get into a few questions for Fixit, and while we're still covering the news, uh, Shark Yoho wanted to know, Fixit, is there any one feature that you're really champing at the bit for Mojang to add in the game, whether that's uh, something from an upcoming snapshot or maybe something that you've just wanted them to add for a while but they haven't hinted at yet? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think I think I can speak for everyone in, in the who plays Minecraft that's looking forward to slayers, stairs and slabs. Um, and all of them, you know, like mm -hmm. I, I'm really happy for what we're getting. I kind of wish we got more. I hate to sound like a <laughs> like that, but um, I think there were some that were left out that would that were that are a little sad. I would really, really like um, uh, bark walls. I think that would be a real game changer for us. Sure, uh, yeah. So, so custom bark, trees bark texture and kind of thing, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like smaller smaller trees that aren't fence. You know, th that in between. Uh, stage that we've all seen in Conquest for a while. I know Germ has retextured. Um, he's taken N brick walls in the upcoming one and made that oak. And that's okay. It's a workaround, so we get them. But, you know, if that texture pack one day isn't updated, then all of a sudden you have a bunch of N stone trees all over the world. The, the current Vastin texture pack also has dirt slabs as well, doesn't it? Which I don't think are being added to 1.14, correct me if I'm wrong. But, they're not. Uh, they're yeah. uh, they're the old petrified oak slabs. Um, yeah. They're still in the game from way back in the day. You have to break them with the pickaxe. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he just retextured those, and then we uh, then we just threw in the custom recipe, you know, for dirt slabs, and and it works, and it's nice for paths. It's really really helpful. So before anybody gets mad in the comments of Vaston players breaking dirt with a pickaxe, guys, it's the slabs. It's fine. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah, I do that anyway. I and every once in a while, I get a little bit of heat from my chat room. Just like, what? My mouse wheel is is messed up in Minecraft for Mac. I'm not gonna bother. I'm just gonna use the tool in my hand. It's one block. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, I'm not. I'm not gonna switch to, to my shovel just room. for this. Yeah. Yeah, it gives me a chance to read the chat room while I wait. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's right. Well, and sometimes if you have an efficiency five shovel, like you, you can't break one block. Like I don't know if it's because I've aged out of uh, fast twitch muscle fiber or what, but but mm -hmm. you know, one block turns into a row of seven before I I can blink. <laughs> yeah, I actually don't. I don't think my main shovel in in any of my games is an efficiency five. I think I keep it to three or four. I think four because it'll still insta mine 
dirt, but it, it's not so fast that you get like two with one click. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you don't you don't need much more than that. Ultimately, I feel like efficiency five is overkill. I was talking about this for um, log harvesting as well. Somebody in our Discord was talking about if you could add one like thing to what what is one sort of development you'd like to see. And I said it would be great to have a way of insta mining logs the way we can insta mine stone because right now it's not possible to even with haste two and efficiency five on your axe you can't just kind of carve straight through logs the way you can with a beacon mine with stone and apparently they would prefer not to make wood that harvestable i guess it's a gateway to a bunch of other stuff but yeah even with efficiency five you feel like it should be noticeably faster but i feel there's no difference between four and five at that at that point it's either going to break instantly or it's going to take like a fraction of a second yeah, I, I, I've, um, I, we've never done it, and I've never really, really considered it. But I've briefly considered, uh, if if there were a data pack, and I think there is, uh, now for like a tree feller, uh, data there pack. Is, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I like look. I, I'm not going to do it, but I've kind of thought about it a little bit, you know, because it would sure be convenient. Yeah, the the, the sort if, of- if the next. If the next season of Vasten is, is timber town, like if the whole <laughs> thing is just like jungle tree wood, like right. everything is hovering above the ground and it's like an Ewok village, then you may, you may want to reconsider. That's right. Yeah. Just got a logging operation going on at that point. Well, uh, let's start talking about Vasten before we get too deep into the, the news and the speculation. So uh, I think a good intro to this would be a question we got from Cosmic Dancer, who is a valued member of our Patreon Discord. Uh, she is pretty new to Vasten and from what she's seen, it's a super cool concept. Concept. She says, can you tell me a little bit about how it started and how it was decided upon, etc. I'm looking forward to going back and watching some earlier series, but it'd be good to understand a bit of the background behind it. Uh, yeah, sure. So, so Vastin is a, uh, it's a vanilla world. It's, it's, and it's straight vanilla, no plugins or anything. Um, we, now we use everything in vanilla, which includes some structure blocks and command blocks to do some fun stuff, uh, that we could probably talk about later on, but, but it's just straight vanilla. We have a texture pack that's custom that makes things look a little bit better, I think. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I started Minecraft playing modded really. I, I kind of went straight into mod. I found this, um, uh, mod called Ars Magica, and I found uh, Paul Soros. Is it Soros? Yeah, Paul, Paul Soros. Yeah, Solus. Yep. I found a series on Ars Magica, and I was like, "Whoa! Minecraft isn't just for little kids. This is amazing." So I, I basically started with that. I never really did the vanilla thing uh, for a couple of years, and did a couple of series that on mod packs, and then I thought, you know what? I, I had this one world. Uh, Simply Magic it went like 170 episodes and I loved it and I wanted to update but you can't with modded you know and I, I was getting frustrated so I thought I'm just gonna do a vanilla world and just keep it forever and just see how much I can build in it you know because at that point I'd kind of gone through the mods and got more into the building side even though I was playing modded I was kind of kind of just building you know and uh, so I just started a, a realm an actual like Mo Yang realm and uh, got a couple of my modded friends who were playing on servers at that time to, to try vanilla with me because they also had never really done it and yeah, we just started and then it just sort of developed. Uh, I, I played, I did a stream almost every day for an hour for a little while. And uh, when my kids were sleeping, a kid at that time, one kid. Mm-hmm. And and it, it was it was just cool. I kind of got into like the, the, the lore. It never started as a lore building thing, but just when you're talking in a live stream and there's a couple people keeping you company, uh, all of a sudden you're like, hey, so why don't we say... Instead of a nether hub, let's say the nether's at war and we'll figure out a different way to get from place to place and roads. And and uh, that's how kind of fast travel sort of was invented. Fast travel, the reason we have that is because I didn't want to build a nether hub. And then the lore spiraled out of that. You know, it was never a predetermined idea. So is that how the, the lore really started was just, I, d- I don't want to do the nether? There's like a practical 
kind of reason behind the whole thing is is just like i feel like nether hubs are a little bit but was was it just building in the nether was awkward was that the the roadblock for you or was it just i've seen nether hubs done before and i'd like to do something different yeah, yeah, I think it was a lot of that. I think it was a lot of that. That I, I had at that point been watching a lot of uh, YouTube, a lot of the hermits and stuff, and like I just seen a lot of Nether hubs and just thinking, well, how can we make this world different? You know, in addition to not resetting and just keep going forever, like uh, resets make me totally insane. Uh, resetting a server that you spent a year building and then you start from scratch makes me like crazy in my brain because mm-hmm. I have such little time in life. I can't imagine. I, I hate to say wasting it because it's not wasting it but throwing it away. And uh, so I just said, we're never going to reset this world unless someday Mojang says, okay, so Minecraft two is here, you know, or something like that. <laughs> we're just going to keep on going forever is the plan. And I, th- yeah. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I, I think um, a lot of people see server resets as like a chance to get that fresh start because they feel like they're burnt out on whatever they were building in the first place. So like, obviously in, in Vastin, you, you can bring all of your stuff with you because you're when whenever you start a new season, you're just moving to a new area. So do you not have that sort of um, like passion for the early game, that kind of feeling of like, oh, this is all fresh and new from like gathering tools and the kind of the progression of Minecraft? Do you just do you live for like the building aspect of it and you just want to start building a new thing as soon as possible? Well, you know, it's probably a, a good combination. When, when we went from season one to season uh, two, season one was about 250 episodes, I think. And then I finally decided, and at that point, basically, as as often happens in kind of SMPs, uh, I was playing by the end of season one, I was kind of playing just kind of by myself, which is fine. I, I'm okay with that, you know, and, and thought, okay, I'm just going to start fresh season two, try to grab a couple people and get a couple new people and then just go somewhere. And we erased player data. We put all of our tools in in the end and said we can't go there for a month basically and started and really so we did the early game grind sure and after doing that once i thought with season three i think that maybe viewers have seen that a whole bunch of times i have done that a whole bunch of times and Mm -hmm. i just want to build really cool big stuff so we just basically moved and people who didn't have tools could just come in and we had like we found like a stack of diamond blocks somewhere so it was basically enough you could just kind of take the diamonds and go to the end, use the ender ender the first day and pretty much get as enchanted as you wanted to within the first hour of playing mm. so that that's... we could just get into the meat of the, of the build. And it's really a building server, you know, that's yeah, really yeah. what it's about. Yeah. And, and it, it helps if people are joining fresh and somebody else has got like a full set of tools already. You don't want them to have to take the time to catch up so that they can contribute. I guess you've right. got, you know, everybody's starting off on the same footing at that point. Yeah, exactly. And, and, and the nature of it, it's all community. I guess I should explain that. So it's, it's a, it's a, I, I call it kingdom craft rules. Cause it was the first, my experience of that sort of that idea of a world, every resource is community. And uh, I know you guys talked about this, I think last week, um, about, uh, just kind of what it is, but every resource is community, except for basically your tools, everything else. If you, if you need diamond and you find diamond in chest, you just take it, it's yours. And then just trust that it'll be replenished as we go, you know, by whoever finds diamonds. Um, so there, it just didn't make sense to do, make, make, make the early, uh, the, the new people sort of pay the penalty of, of grinding without a beacon and without haste five and all that kind of stuff. So I figured we've all done that. Let's just, let's just blast right through it and, and, and take off. And it's, it's made already in a week. There's been, there's a ton of buildings already sort of developed in this, in this city that we're doing this, uh, this season. I feel like that's an approach you could only really take on a, 
a, a community you've curated yourself though you're kind of handpicking people that you know are going to be on the level if you if you filled up a chest and said like anybody take these diamonds on like the average public server some kid would just take them all hoard them all in his ender chest and never give any to anybody so <laughs> i think right. i think it's really cool that you've at least got a community of people that you know are not going to just take all of that stuff and hoard it like a dragon that's true and you know the people that i've picked for this season are uh, they're not random, you know, they're, they're, they're picked because I, I either know them or I've gone through like a ton of their videos and seen what kind of person they are and what, how, and the players and, um, and then, but then there's also, we're kind of, we're kind of doing a big social experiment kind of on the vast and dimension server where there's about like 36 people whitelisted, I think. Um, and they're all, they're breaking up into five or six different kingdoms basically. So there's build teams of probably six or seven type of people. And um, yeah, so we're going to see now we have a couple plugins on that server just for grief protection and stuff, but they're turned off right now. And uh, we just want to see because there's a lot of people playing Vast and Dimension that I don't know yet, or I'm just getting to know. And uh, and quite honestly, I'm barely there. I'm going to be doing a series there of kind of a show around series um, pretty frequently, but I'm not building there myself. So I have a couple mods that are watching over. And so far, we've had absolutely no issues with with people. So I think people who have been watching Vast and understand the concept um, are generally a little bit older. Um, not always, but for the most part, a little bit older. I don't think that anyone would do that. And I might be surprised, but it's again, it's still whitelisted and you still have to apply. And I turned down more people than I took, you know? So, um, and, and just cause I had to draw a line somewhere, I, c I can't have a hundred people on a server. It will, <laughs> for it, sure. it will die a very, yes. very slow laggy death, you know? Yes. But, um, but yeah, it's been really positive and everyone is super positive about propping each other up. And uh, it's been fun to watch that develop over the last couple of weeks. That's cool. You just got to watch out for that Joel guy. He looks like trouble. <laughs> That's all I keep hearing. Yeah. I still haven't walked around in, in Vastin dimensions. My, my time has been mostly spent building stuff in, in Vastin, um, proper. Vastin classic. Uh, just, yeah, uh, version 1.0, uh, or I guess 3.0. What uh, I'm curious, without, I, I don't want to sound like I'm tooting my own horn, but I'm, I'm curious as to what you look for when you are going over the people that apply. <laughs> like, tell me like, what made yeah, me for, the most attractive. No, no, forget, forget <laughs> me, but I'm just, I'm, I'm curious about the kind of things that you're looking for in terms of your vision for the Vastin community. Yeah, sure. I, I mean, I'll tell you that, that straight up the number one thing I looked at is what kind of person it is. And you can tell a lot from a video when someone's monologuing for half an hour straight day after day after day. Um, and so, you know, I, I made sure that it was a, a good personality fit for this, like a giving, uh, friendly, kind person. That's the number one thing. Uh, that's before build ability and anything else, uh, before video quality and all that kind of stuff. And that, yes, look, that plays in, you know, for sure. Uh, uh, I do look at, I don't want to say building ability because every, every style is different, but I look at the style that's going to fit in with everyone else's style. You know, and tried to line up. Oh, this would this would work really well. These two people would work really well together. You know that kind of thing. Uh, but mm, the most mm -hmm. thing, by far the most thing, is uh, a friendly, adult, drama-free sort of situation. Because I yeah. can't handle more drama in my life. You know? <laughs> the, the Holy Grail is a Minecraft server without drama. So uh, yeah, I yeah. think, I think you're on on the way to that. I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old. You know, it oh, is, wow. um, yeah, it, it, we're, we're, we're all full of drama over here in this house. <laughs> I think that it's an important point for people because a lot of, I, I hear or, or see a lot of times 
people asking the Minecraft community, hey, I want to start a thing. I want to emulate these people that I watch on YouTube and, and try to do my own thing. What are pointers? And I think that that's an excellent thing because they, they focus so much on building and rules and themes and districts. And it's like, no, focus on people, on personality. Everything else will come because I certainly feel out of my league on on Vastin, but I am learning really, really fast. And it's really cool to be surrounded by people that are building in completely different styles, have been around the game far longer than I have, because I mean, everybody knows I'm, I'm quite new. I've, I'm not even two years in Minecraft compared to many other people that have been playing since like 1.3. So it's it's been really eye-opening and encouraging, even without talking to people. I mean, forget all that. Just just the art direction side of it where you've started to pair people and, and you can see people, you know, get together in Discord and just like attack a thing and and do it. And it's, it's a really cool learning experience. So I think having a mix of people of skill sets on your server would probably be better rather than like focusing on the personality rather than the build style. And I think it's an excellent point that I wanted to, to drive home. Uh, I've got a, um, I got a question actually from one of our listeners to kind of get us into the, the building side of things. And uh, Reese wanted to know, why do you build such massive structures in survival and not creative? So why is Vastin not a creative server? Yeah, you know, that's not, it's funny. I've been watching a few people recently have kind of that conversation. I know Wells talked about maybe doing creative days uh, recently on Kingdoms. I know uh, I was watching Fwip uh, talk about that a little bit for interiors, you know, and, and we've talked about it and we have to do a few things in creative. You have to do structure blocks and you have to do command blocks in creative. Uh, and the things we use those for is just trees and moving a boat. So you have to build, um, uh, to explain this very quickly, we have fast travel. You, you get on a boat. And then you press the button and then you're on that same exact boat, but in the main hub city called Port Bray. Um, and that in, in lieu of another hub, that's kind of how we, how we get around. Right. Um, so we have to do that in creative. You have to build the boat the first time in survival, and then you're allowed to use structure blocks to move it. So you don't have to copy it because it's not even the materials. It's the copying part that is, that is painful. Joel, I'm trying to copy one of your builds as we speak today, actually today. <laughs> and it's just hard in survival. Cause like you, you put one block, you're like, okay, let me go back and count ender pull over count one two okay go back ender pull back over one block there's, it, there's only so many screenshots you can take before you're like i've covered this thing from all angles but it still doesn't look quite the same as it was in the first place exactly and it's never going to be the same but but you know that that's the idea so other than that outside of, of custom trees which you know if you want to do a whole forest in custom trees with uh many of us have pretty limited time either you know jobs families kids commitments and things um it's unrealistic to build a forest or that would be okay guys i'm gonna build this forest i'll see you in two years when i'm done you know it's, <laughs> uh so yeah went, so we do he that. went into the forest for two years and was exactly. never seen again <laughs> that's right but you know as far as why do in survival i think it's i think it's the um it's the feeling of accomplishment and and earning it i think that i don't get when i'm playing creative uh it's i i would you know i would imagine it'd be um it'd be the same as kind of like if you if you paint a picture joel you know if you paint a picture the feeling of pride versus if you if you like trace someone else's picture right? there there's something like right. i earned this you know i went out and got mm -hmm. this stuff and and i think that that is um it's something that I, when I have done creative things, not in Vastin, but in other worlds, I, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. All right. But when I do something that's even less impressive, but in Vastin, I, and I, every block was a grind, I'm like, yeah, I did that. You know, that was cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, there, there is a really distinct feeling that, that differs from one to the other. And I, I want to I wanna focus on that, that tree thing, because something that I find so brilliant about that is that 
Well, you do use structure blocks to copy custom trees, and that's correct, right? That's how that's happened? Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you've written that into the lore in Vastin. So how, like, how are custom trees actually in Vastin as, as far as the lore goes? Right. So, so yeah. So, you know, that's, it's an interesting thing. Um, everything has a reason in the world is, is what I try to do. So like everything has an excuse for building it, which really frees you up for building a lot of cool stuff. Um, it's not, it doesn't hinder you. It actually frees you up, I think. So like the trees, I wanted to have a bunch of huge giant custom trees, not the like procedurally generated Miliang trees, you know? Um, so we wrote this lore of how in the first age, uh, there used to be all these trees and then they sort of just over time, they've kind of shrunk down to these little like kind of regular trees that we have now. And so we wrote a, a, a group of people called the Arbor Druids who, who create these trees. And part of their mission is that they go out in the world and they, they replant forests of these big custom trees. So in every custom forest, you might find an Arbor Druid shack. And that's where that guy or girl lives and is, is sort of tending to this forest, you know, but uh, on the meta side, on the, on the, the Minecraft side, we have like a, like an Arbor Druid museum. So you build the tree once and you build it like legit in survival. Then after that, you can structure block copy it to anywhere you want. That's very cool. And it's, it's really neat that you've got that all tied into the lore. So that like, there's so much depth to Vastin lore. The more I kind of explore your videos and like stuff that people are saying about like season three and everything, like you'd mentioned the Arbor Druids in the intro to season three, but I didn't realize they were the reason why you could you know logically have custom trees in the world when everybody else is focused on building cities and stuff that's that's really interesting well that yeah thank you i i, I you know i just find that like i when i see a world as, as a, that can be amazing and i see just like say a mob farm that's just floating in the sky that takes that breaks the immersion for me that mm -hmm. and even if you combine that mob farm in like a building in a castle or something like we did that even still breaks the immersion because i want to know well, why are the mobs falling out of the castle? You know, like why? So we built our mob farm as a jail cell. So they spawn in jail cells and are flushed out to their death. So there's like a story that makes those skeleton zombies and endermen, whatever else spawn there. You know, I mean, not really that, but, uh, and I think it just, it makes the whole thing feel like an actual world that you might walk around in. I think there's a big difference there. So when it comes to the lore, like you've started several of your videos recently with little kind of almost short stories. Um, I assume those are scripted beforehand because it doesn't seem like you're arming and eyeing your way through them like you're improvising them. Is it something that you've kind of written out extensively on your computer before you start, before you hit record? Yeah, I have. I have. And some of them take a lot longer than others. I'm not a natural writer. It doesn't come super easy to me. But I, I, I should shout out Grumpy Owl because um, Grumpy Owl Gaming has a series on his channel called Home. And he's playing with us on Vast in Season 3. And we've become very good friends over the last year or so. And um, when I saw this series called Home, it starts with like a storyline with complete with he gets voice acting from YouTubers um, generally. And they play characters in his world. And it's about a two or three minute sort of uh, bit that that furthers the storyline. Then after that two or three minute bit, uh, and he does it with cinematics, uh, kind of like I do, but better. <laughs> He's a much better editor <laughs> than I am. Uh, and then um, and then it furthers, and then after that, then he breaks into creative mode and and they build some stuff on camera. But I was like, wow, Grumpy, this this is like game changing to me because I was like, you're you're telling a story and building all this cool stuff. So I was like, hey, do you mind if I if I take this? And he, no, dude do it. It's awesome. Do it. So, um, you know, I did it with his blessing. I tried to not steal without, um, <laughs> without, uh, sort of crediting and going to the source when possible. But, but yeah, I think that that has been a really fun sort of change of, um, 
of the series. I started that about 25 or 30 episodes ago, and I, I just have regrets I didn't start a long time earlier because it's been fun to watch the stories sort of develop. Have, have you got any kind of ideas now to explore writing more? Like, are you interested in maybe writing like a, a vast and fantasy novel? Like, are you planning on maybe using the world for anything like that? Or does the lore just exist to provide like a framework for Minecraft projects? I, I, I think that the lore, in my mind, exists uh, in order to build really cool stuff. I think that's mm -hmm. really kind of where it comes down to, you know, if like, like right now I'm thinking like, well, what am I going to build in, in this new ice kingdom? I was like, oh, I should build a fishing, you know, or, or a, a boat dock, you know, well, who's going to own that boat dock? So that might be where the lore takes me is like, tell the story of the guy who is going to live in that boat dock and work building a boat or something, you know? Um, but I think, I think to, you know, to each their own, I, I think that some people are maybe more driven by lore. Some people build the thing and then write the lore. Some people write the lore and then build. I think it works for it anyway, but uh, I do like them going hand in hand for sure. Would you want to use Vastin as the basis for any other media? Say Vastin got like super popular and somebody was like, I want to make a movie set in Vastin. And it's like, this is your, your intellectual property now. Is that something that you'd like to see? Or do you think, no, this is just my Minecraft world. Like, you do, do you want it to get any bigger than that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, look, Brad Pitt, if you're listening to this, you know, and you want to make a movie, you know, you can just co just come come over to my house. We'll have dinner. Bring your checkbook. We'll talk. Uh, no, you know, um, yeah, I, I no, I mean, I'm probably not going to go write a novel. It's not really where my interest lies. Um, but I, I am super uh, stoked about watching the way that uh, the Vast and Dimensions members and the and the the Realm of Vast and members are like talking to Laura. It's to me, it's it's almost I. It's like an out-of-body experience whenever I'm watching uh, a Vast and Dimensions member maybe do a video and like, yeah, so this is Port Bray and this ship is, you know, Captain Caddick writes this ship and he goes up and I'm like, well, these guys are talking about this thing that I just said on a stream once, you know, is it it's been very fun and very cool to watch sort of it just take off and almost take a life of, of its own. Uh, we do plan on doing a couple of fun things on the server um, eventually here. I do want to, I want to do a UHC on Vastin one day. Uh, <laughs> You know, I just people, think it'd be people really like fun. hiding from other teams just in buildings that you've already got set up there. And yeah, that, that'd be really cool to see. I was yeah. thinking it, it would almost be a good place for like a, almost like a D and D campaign or something like that. Cause I've seen people build like recreations of D and D maps. Joe Hills did that on the last season of Hermitcraft. He built um, castle Ravenloft from, um, from D and D and yeah, it's, it's kind of interesting to see people using, because it's a grid-based system, so you can track character movement very easily and stuff like that. I don't know all that much about D&D, but I'm getting more and more into it the more I hear about it. And so whenever anyone's got this detailed, like, lore-heavy fantasy world they've built, I'm like, you know, that could potentially happen. You could set up bandit encounters on the roads around and stuff like that. That would be really cool. I actually downloaded an app called Lore on my phone not too long ago uh, about that, just to just to kind of play with it and decide if I want to do a live stream, sort of a live stream game night in Vast in one day. But well, maybe I, I don't want to I don't want to say for sure, but uh, it's something I've thought about. Uh, this is kind of an aside, but is there a D and D like campaign set in Minecraft? Because I feel like that would be a super accessible way to get kids into tabletop gaming. If instead of explaining Dungeons and Dragons to them, you could just do it with all the rules of of Minecraft. If if there is not, I I'm surprised because you know if, if a franchise gets big enough, nerds are going to co opt it for whatever their thing is, right? <laughs> like I, yeah. I I recently a friend of mine is really into Pokemon, and we've been playing a lot of tabletop games when he comes to to hang out at our house. And I realized, you know, hey, it'd be really cool to write like a D and D style campaign, but set in the Pokemon world, and instead of having like 
individual characters who are fighting have them have like a little team of mini characters that are the pokemon that would do the battle side of things for them and just kind of write your custom things save you coding all of the you know fan game only to have it be taken down by nintendo right and i i googled that and it turns out there are already several fairly active communities who have working like D&D style tabletop RPG versions of Pokemon and they've got all of these systems in place already and there's like 120 page PDF documents you can download with all of the rules and I'm like you know maybe I don't I don't necessarily have the time to write a campaign right now but it's tempting so if there isn't one for Minecraft already then somebody get on that because you you're probably you're going to find a niche in the market very quickly I think Mm mm-hmm yeah, I mean, you probably wouldn't be able to charge for it, but oh no, no, as, as like a but fan I, created thing, yeah, absolutely. yeah. But with with giants like Wizards of the Coast and Mojang, you'd think that like a collab would happen at some point, especially with the new dungeon crawler coming out from from with, yeah, with Minecraft Dungeons being a thing potentially. Yeah, you could you could see that spinning off, and I I feel like it's it's something that they would have to put their heart and soul into because things like the there was that Minecraft card game where some of the recipes looked really wrong like there was people using right. you know smooth stone to make pickaxes instead of cobblestone and stuff and you kind of think a minimal amount of effort has gone into this not to kind of disparage anybody who worked on it but it feels like it's not quite as connected to the actual facts of the game as it could be it's taking a little too much artistic license but yeah i, th- I think with a, a kind of imagination driven thing like a tabletop rpg you could do some interesting stuff in the minecraft world yeah, and they would call you out on it too, like playing that card game with your eight-year-old, and they would just look at you like, "That's not how that works." Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't, you don't want to risk the scorn of your Minecraft playing child when you no, sit, sit down no. to play this tabletop <clears throat> game. Like Cosmic Dancer. <clears throat> <laughs> she has a backseat gamer, apparently. <laughs> so when it when it comes to like new developments in the game. So obviously you've run Vastin for three, or this is coming up on the third season now. Um, you've probably been through a couple of different updates to Minecraft, sort of new versions coming out and stuff. Are you ever tempted to like revise old builds when new blocks come out? So once lanterns are implemented in 1.14, are you going to go back to like Port Bray and change all of the lighting there? Or... Are you, are you more interested in keeping everything as it is and each new area becomes like, this is what we do in the new version? Uh, that's, that's such an interesting question. Uh, I, I mean, there are two really distinct arguments in my own head that argue back and forth all the time about it. One is, uh, yeah, I'm a much better builder now than I was when I started Spawn Town uh, back two and a half years ago or so, something like that. Uh, you know, because again, that was my first vanilla town. Unfortunately, it's Spawn, which is really unfortunate for like having friends come in for world tours and things like just <laughs> just close your eyes and just walk straight and I'll tell you when to open your eyes because it's it's tough. It's tough to look. It's birch and cobblestone only, mm-hmm. essentially. I didn't know. I thought, well, that's my palette. Uh, you know, so I thought about going back, but then at the, the other point of view is if this world lasts seven years, you know, eight years, to 10 years, uh, which I hope it will, then then it would be awesome to come back and say, hey, I built this when, you know, in back in in 2015 or whatever it was, you know, I, I, I kind of lean towards leaving it as it is for the most part outside of adding when you have to add something for whatever reason. But I think it's a nice snapshot of who who we were as a community at that time, especially being that the world's infinite. Just move, go somewhere else. Sure, you're, of preserving, you're preserving the server's history at that point, so it's almost like you're walking back through the years as you go back through old builds. 
It is. And, you know, I, I talked to my friend Jermsey Boy, who, who does our texture pack, who's a brilliant, um, a brilliant uh, builder. He, he, I think he's more known for his texture pack now, but he is a seriously great castle builder in particular and all the other things, too. But I always lean on him on his castle knowledge and uh, about that, because he is a little bit more in the mindset of, of redoing. He's redone one castle at least three times, like top to bottom. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, I, I totally get we kind of go back and forth and talk about it. I totally get the other point of view. But um I kind of like going back in time and looking and if if nothing else, it makes me feel better about myself now, you know? Yeah, for sure. Like I, I look at some of the stuff I built back in the early days of my YouTube channel and I'm like, yeah, I'm glad that I've been playing this game consistently for four years so I could improve so heavily on that stuff. And I, I've never really been one for like taking down old builds and putting them back up again or, 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 you know, revising stuff too heavily. I think Joel has made the same point a couple of times about going back and redrawing old comics. Like it's just not mm-hmm. something you do because that's your art as it was then. And you can reflect on that and maybe even kind of take some lessons from that that you wouldn't have if you just redrew everything in your current style. Yeah. I mean, I've got, I've got two, two sort of views when it comes to my older work. There are some things that I like, and when I draw new comics, I'll have comics that I really enjoy the character design or the posing on up on my board as reference. Like, I like how I did that particular character in that scene. I want to keep that handy because I want to repeat that. It obviously never gets repeated the exact same way because you're drawing all the stuff by hand, or in case of Vastin, you're building all the stuff by hand. And I think that we're, we are all our own worst critic because you can go watch my first Vastin video. The first word out of my mouth upon landing in the birch and cobblestone square that, that Fix It is so hard on was, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, to me, it, 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 it was, it's, not, it's not as jarring, I don't think, as, as to maybe it is to fix it. Uh, and that's the same thing. Like people come and re- go and read my original comics and the people that are not artists don't necessarily go, mm, I like your first comic, Joel, but I don't know about those hands. You really weren't drawing those very well. Like no one says that. Right. So you just, if you can go forward with it, I think it's the uh, iteration is better than, than redoing old stuff. Uh, and I think that that's kind of a good, a good course to take. Speaking of uh, Jersey boys textures though, I had a question about when, that texture pack kind of came into existence because I have not had the time to go back and watch a lot of old Vastin, Vastin stuff. Uh, so I'm curious, like when you're working with Jermsey Boy on on the the texture pack, like when did he come in and say, "Hmm, I'm gonna I want to change this," and and can you then request changes to it? Because it's not just his texture pack; he's got his own. But the right. a little taste of Vastin is like your own version of that, right? Yeah. So um, we. I, I kind of became friends with Germ, uh, man, maybe a year ago or so. And um, back episode 225, I asked him to come in and just do a special, like, you know, 25th episode, sort of tour, sort of castle talk, because I, I, I'd been watching a series. And, and we just kind of started just talking, just kept, have kept on talking about various things, building and texturing and all, all that stuff. And then when it came time for season two to start, I, around episode 250, I thought, yeah, I think I want to, I think I just want to do kind of like what Wells did with his Kingdom series, where we go to a different part and start over. For for a lot of reasons, the first half of season one was live streamed only, and um, I, I had a really like bad mic. I didn't know what I was doing, and it just I don't encourage. So I wanted a good jumping in point for people. You know, at that point, I had been gaining mm-hmm. a little bit of viewers, not still not very much, but um, a little bit. And I thought I don't want them going back to episode one, two hundred fifty episodes ago, and and watching all these live streams. It's it's bad, and it's not really possible to watch that much. Uh, so I thought, let's just start episode one of season two, same world and all this. So I talked to Jerm and he's like, yeah, you know, it sounds really good. I'd like to do it. And um, at that point I had 
I had gone into making my own sort of compilation texture pack where I was using, uh, I had, I had, I had stolen with credit and, and permission, a lot of germs textures. I think I took, I took like at least something of Ninny's who's playing on the, on the world. Um, actually I should say that just so it doesn't, so I get full credit. I should say who plays on the world. We have nine of us playing, uh, germ, germsy boy, grumpy owl gaming, uh, crafting mantis, Klautos, Ninny, pixel brew, uh, uh, you, Joel, of course, and uh, Criddle, and then we have a special guest still coming. Criddle Skittles is the only non-YouTuber uh, who's playing. He played in Season 2 and is maybe the finest builder I know, uh, so I was so happy he was willing to stay on for Season 3. Um, but yeah, so you know, I, I had this like, compilation pack. I had like 32-bit textures for grass and organics, which I liked at the time, in, but then all 16-bit textures for blocks and it was just kind of a mess of a pack. I had some John Smith and some conquests and some stuff I tried to make. It was, it's pretty bad. And Jerm finally just said, Hey, you know what, Fix? Um, do you want me to just do them? Like, yes. And like three days later, we had our own full custom texture pack. Um, but the way he did it was we had already used a lot of textures. We'd already used a ton of concrete in the world with like the, the shingle look is our concrete, you know? And um, so I was like, yeah, but Jeremy, I don't know if your terracotta concrete add-on is going to work. Do you mind just making kind of get our own thing? He's like, oh yeah, I'll do it. I'll take care of it all. So yeah. So uh, he is really, really helpful and fast and just a master texture maker. I was watching your video today, Joel, about the, uh, the light map thing and just, just checking out. It's, it's, he's so good. <laughs> he's so good at it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's really really interesting. The the thing that I it kind of brings me back to what you were hoping for earlier, you know, with the the stairs and slabs and what you didn't get in in the one point fourteen announcement. And like knowing that your I think it's glazed terracotta in the Vastin pack is essentially roof shingles and various different versions of roof shingles. And while they still work as solid blocks, boy, would they be cool if they had stairs. <laughs> Yeah, well, actually, actually, our con—I think our concrete is all that. The glazed terracotta is interesting. Oh, concrete! Sorry, you can turn it all four ways and get four different blocks, which you've never seen that. If you've never seen that, check it out. It is, it is like a godsend for getting blocks like, um, like different crates or 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 like ropes wrapped around a log or things like that. That you you know, uh, Tudor blocks with the different si different slashes facing different ways or the X's, X's or whatever. and stuff. Yeah, the support beams. Yeah, I did. I saw that very briefly. I think when I was on the tour of the Builders Guild on uh, on one of my streams the other day, and I didn't I didn't really take the time to note what each block was just because there was just so many, and it was kind of like the tail end of the stream. But yeah, it just it's really it's eye opening the kind of stuff that you can do with Minecraft with textures with just directional blocks like i think you need optifine for a lot of this stuff to work i could be wrong well for the uh for the connected textures yeah but the um the rotation blocks still work and the bushy leaves really still work. cool mm -hmm. that, well that's i mean it's cool for people to know that maybe you aren't running optifine or working on much lower systems although i would suspect that if you're on a smaller older system for minecraft you're probably running optifine just for the the speed boost sure. and optimization that you would get um but yeah like i it's a lot to take in. It took me a little while to get used to the textures and, and what to build with and like what I'm looking for in the world. Like when I see andesite in the wall of something, I have to go for the first few hours playing. It's like, what is that? Right. <laughs> I have to break right. it before I can actually figure out what it is. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm still in that boat some occasionally where I'm like, I just don't remember what this is. <laughs> I have to break it and pick it up. Yeah. That's going to be a lot worse it's, with all the new crafting uh, blocks that we're getting here soon. Well, yeah, and it's the thing is too that it's it's a nice experience as a player when you're building with this kind of thing. Because I battle with you know tweaking my own textures to having like a custom hay bale texture, and I think I've 
I've changed glass and some things and a lot of people play with a connected glass texture just because we find it looks a lot better. You can see through it and whatnot, but not everybody on the Citadel plays with the same texture pack. I've made it available so people that want to download it can, whether or not they do, I don't know. So I have to be kind of conscious of like, I can't build with diorite if I gave it a custom texture because people just would walk through my build and go like, Joel, why is there bird poo everywhere? Yeah. And yeah. it would not look good to them. But everybody on Vastin agrees when they come on board to play with the same texture pack. And it makes a huge difference because when I'm walking around, like everything just sings together. It's really, really cool. Yeah. You, I think in this kind of thing where you're all building in the same, in the same city, uh, I think you, you just, I think you have to, either you have to use all mm -hmm. vanilla or you have to use all the custom pack. And that's been since day one, we started with this texture pack called persistence back in one eleven, I think. Um, and I liked it a lot, but I didn't know what I was, what I was doing at all. And it was a really high resolution pack and, uh, it gave me some, some frame issues. So I kind of back, backed it back to a, uh, a lower resolution, um, mm -hmm. nearly default, default pack. But I think, I think really you need everyone's screen to look the same, especially if you're doing videos. Uh, that's even more, more the case, I think. Yeah. That leads me into a question from a listener. Shark Yoho asks, what is your least favorite block in Minecraft? I'm assuming they mean default. Like what's the one, like once one of the textures in default Minecraft where you have absolutely no use or time for? Well, I guess we can start with what we've changed uh, dramatically, you know, uh, uh, in this. So, so my answer is different. What do I not like? the visual looking at i mean there's some blocks maybe i don't care about but what we have changed in this world to make it work is the concrete i think is kind of useless to us for what we're doing because it's right. real plasticky and bright and stuff and i think it's awesome in the game because if i were building on a different smp i might build a futuristic base and i would make all concrete you know yeah <laughs> without stairs and slabs which makes me really sad i mean just very very depressed and sad <laughs> um because that's that's why we pick concrete to be all of our roof tiles and stuff because i was expecting <laughs> to get stairs and slabs from from concrete <laughs> so we sort of future proof futured us ourselves out of that i guess uh, but you know, we've changed diorite quite a bit. It's, it's very, it's a very nice white and white brick. Uh, I know diorite's hated on. I've never had that much hate for it, but, yeah. but ours I'd, I'd is like, beautiful. I'd like to, I'd like to propose a game, start the least favorite block discussion with any group of Minecrafters and then see how long it takes before diorite comes up <laughs> because it's, it's usually one of the early ones that's get, that gets mentioned. It is. I, I think it's second though to, for me, for birch logs, I think birch logs as a builder are, are fairly unusable. Mm -hmm. so yeah, we've changed I, ours I ours is like gray it's like a gray uh it's almost like acacia actually i think it is acacia but i i grayed it out and then germ made it better so um <laughs> that, that that's a nice that's a nice block to actually build with and it fits in really nice with stone and you can do some nice mixes there mm -hmm. so when you're um when you're planning out like giant structures and stuff because i i imagine like i i looked at the cathedral of the end in the wells night tour and you seem to have built most of that just yourself right that was just like a big grindy project for you yeah um do you plan stuff out in creative or even like on paper do you do kind of sketches for that kind of stuff or do you just wing it in survival find something you like and then reproduce that because there's a lot of cloned sort of areas of that but do you do you do anything kind of sketched out in a creative world first for vastin or do you just do everything in survival f from start to finish yeah, you know, I, I don't, I've never been into the creative thing. I think that is just a, a, a consequence of, of how little time I have sort of to play. I think like spending any minutes doing like a, a creative build would be minutes that I can't be doing the, the real build. And I think at this point I've built enough that I kind of trust my, trust my judgment. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I, I kind of, I think I kind of know as I'm building it. Cause and 
generally I don't detail first, first, uh, first crack. I, I find that to be really challenging. So I generally do, um, like all stone and then go back and detail in stone brick and then go back and add some stairs and then go back and add some windows and that kind of thing. You know, um, even though that takes a lot longer, I think, uh, when you're copying something like eight or geez, some of those were like 32 times I had to copy the same wall. It just, it's easier to do it all, like all the stairs and then go back, then do all the stairs again and keep doing that than it is to remember how many blocks something is away and all that kind of thing. Sure. So you do everything kind of in layers like that. You start with a wireframe and then build that up and then add stuff to it. Yeah. You know, I, and I think that I've kind of, I think that was one of the last symmetrical builds I'm going to do for a really long time for a lot of reasons. One is it's, (laughs) it's really annoying in survival, (laughs) you know, um, it just takes a really long time to ender pearl all over the place. And the other is especially on that scale as well. Cause that thing is, if if anybody hasn't seen that, I think it's at the end of the first tour video of Wells nights, cause there are three individual episodes he did on, on Vastan go to the end of that video I mean, watch the whole thing, of course, but go to the end of that video specifically to see what we're talking about. And yeah, you, you get a view of the Cathedral of the End from the outside. And it's, you know, bedrock to build height, huge. It's enormous. And yeah, I can imagine getting around that. If, if that was, even if, if that was post Elytra being a thing, then that's, that's an enormous undertaking. It was a lot, and you know, it's made easier by that we have um we have the the banking clan um which is like a trade system. This is predating custom recipes, but you can go to this other kingdom and you can trade in a whole chest of any block and get in return a whole chest of like building blocks, like not like diamonds, but like um, andesite, granite, diorite, uh, what else? Red sand, sandstone, path block, gravel, and uh, uh, packed ice. So that, that kind of really big build, like I did a big diorite castle at the end of season two and it, I mean, it just wouldn't have been possible without the banking clan or, or a a made up custom recipe, you know, cause it was, it was, I I can't imagine how many diorite blocks, a lot of it. Uh, so, but you can just take, you know, I can just go grind at a beacon for a few minutes and then go to the banking clan and get three shulkers full of diorite, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I think that, um, the, the, I should say that, that end temple, I saw someone did that years ago and I saw it and I have looked and I've not never been able to find it again to give credit. It wasn't, I didn't copy the design, but I copied kind of the vague, uh, like a big tower with then four or eight towers on the outside type of situation from it. And I I wish, I sure wish I could find if anyone's listening and you've seen that tower, see if you can find that. If you can find it, (laughs) let me know. Cause I would love to credit who, who kind of came up with that original sort of uh, concept. Um, I'm I'm imagining you putting up like, you know, lost dog kind of notices. Have you seen this tower? Please call fix it. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. (laughs) Link link to your YouTube channel or discord. Um, So I think we're pretty close to wrapping things up here, but I just wanted to, to have one, one final question. Interestingly connected to the fact that we just talked about a cathedral to the end. So let's talk about the end of Vastan. Do you see Vastan as a project that has any kind of natural conclusion to it, either as far as the law goes or as far as your own satisfaction? Will you be satisfied after you've done five seasons? Or do you plan to keep just kind of expanding for as long as you and your friends stay interested in Minecraft? Yeah, you know, I've thought a lot about this as, as you know, especially after after Wells' video um, and a, a whole lot more, a whole lot of new people have, have put their eyes on Vassin, which has just made me really happy. And um, just that people are seeing all this all this work that we've done and, and creativity that we've we've made. I've thought a lot about it. I really think Vassin will go on as long as, as long as I, well, certainly it will go on. It'll be my last world. I'm not going to start a new world like ever, you know, but I mean, it'll be my last world. And if there is ever a time down the road, 
five or 10, 15 years down the road and um, that I'm, that I'm done. I think it'll be kind of a legacy world that if there are people who want to play it, you know, that, that um, it'll kind of get handed off. Cause I think it would be an amazing thing uh, to see what happens in years and years of building this, you know? So I plan on doing rather shorter seasons, basically one kingdom per season. Now I've kind of learned some lessons in, in the past two seasons of doing 250 episode long seasons, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think it's going to be basically we're going to say, Hey, here's the kingdom for this season. It's going to be an ice kingdom. We'll build it until we're done. And then we'll move on to a new kingdom. Who wants to, who wants to sign up for a new kingdom? Cause I, I don't ask people for a lifetime commitment. I just ask kind of for a, a, this season commitment, which, you know, four or five month sort of ballpark ish range until we're done, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that way you have, you have the opportunity. like, Hey, life's really busy. I'm going to battle this season. Cool. Great. I'll, you know, go ahead, go take care of life and you're welcome to come back whenever you want. Uh, rather than do really long, lengthy seasons where people can get maybe intimidated or life is, you know, can can get challenging and things like that. Sure. I think that's or a good... Or feel guilty too, right? <laughs> or feel guilty. Yes. Yeah. It's yeah, a good exactly. philosophy to take, I think, is like giving people an out if they need it. But knowing that the door is always open, I think, is, is probably quite a comfort to some of them. <laughs> I think so. And I, I, I try to, you know... Um, I try to not put pressure on on anyone in any way. No, Joel, Joel and I talked a lot about that before before you signed up to play um, about time commitments, and I, I don't ever want anyone to feel like, oh man, I got to get on. No, look, I'm offering you a spot, so it's your spot. All I'm saying is just hang to just hang till the end of the season at whatever frequency you can or want to be a part of it. You know, that's that's it. Uh, the the only thing that is a drag is is uh, in the past a couple times, uh, several times, people have life's come up or they've got lost lost their Minecraft inspiration things. Um, so they kind of leave a half finished build that in a forever world, I kind of got to go finish it, you know, and that's not <laughs> yeah. super fun. So one of the new rules that we sort of have really enforced, it was a rule before, but we didn't really enforce is this season and going forward, it, like really don't go off and build your own thing. Um, and there's a lot of reasons for that, but one is just so I don't have to finish a half done build, you know, cause that can be difficult. Right. Or if you have to, if we have to excuse yourself, just finish the thing that you're on. Exactly. Like if, you, if you know, if you know you're coming up on no time or life is getting in the way outside of, you know, emergencies, if you can just, just finish the thing that you're on, then at least you're always going to leave things in, in a spot for completion. Well, and that's it. And if we're all in the same city, then, you know, if, if, if you need to take a break for a while and you're a half finished building, well, that's no big deal. We're all right there. But as far as starting, yeah. a, starting your own kingdom, uh, that can mm-hmm. just get problematic and that's kind of the and that's just kind of what's different about us versus maybe a standard smp i almost don't call this an smp because it's so different um yeah but like smp is like you, you meet for like five minutes you're like hey everybody and then see you later and then you're just like and you you know you see people maybe for a prank or a collab every once in a while uh but this yeah. is not that this is supposed to be we're all all in, you know, on the same team all in the same build you know i i don't um, I don't think it works as well if you go off into the wilderness as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I would, I would agree. And speaking of coming together, before we wrap up this episode of the Spawn Chunks, I wanted to make an important announcement that was brought to my attention just uh, yesterday when I was listening to a Grumpy Owl's stream. There is an important charity event that the Realm of Bastin and some hopefully other Minecraft streamers are going to try to uh, unite uh, and get going this coming weekend. And we're helping to support Jennifer Harper. Harper, uh, sorry, Jennifer is the sister of Vastin server member Klautos, and she has unfortunately been diagnosed with a meningoma. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. It's a brain tumor. 
Uh, Jennifer is looking at a very risky and very expensive brain surgery uh, with a recovery time of uh, four to possibly 12 weeks. There is currently a GoFundMe page up to support Jennifer and help her family get through this. We are looking at doing a streaming day tentatively Sunday, December 16th. This will form up later in the, uh, sorry, firm up later in the week. For more info, you can follow at Grumpy Owl Gaming on Twitter as he is leading the charge and organizing the event. We will also have a link right now in the Sponchunk show notes to the GoFundMe page for Jennifer. Uh, we have an awesome community around the Sponchunks. This is the kind of thing where a dollar helps. So if you at all uh, would like to support Jennifer Harper and her family, then check out the link. Uh, spread the word about the stream when uh, Grumpy Owl Gaming has some more info on it. Uh, and we would love to see you out on Sunday, December 16th to help support Jennifer. It's the season of giving after all. So uh, yeah, worth giving to, I think. But uh, with that said, that's going to wrap up our episode. And before we start our usual bunch of plugs, Fix It, thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been fascinating listening to you talk about the realm of Vastan. And uh, I think we should give you a chance to uh, let our listeners know where they can go to find out more about you and your work. Oh yeah, sure. Hey, thank you guys so much for having me on. I've really been, uh, really enjoyed the conversation. I, like I say, I enjoy your series and your podcast very much. Uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash fix it 412. That's F I X X I T T 412. And I, I do Twitter, although badly, uh, same thing, fix it 412. And, uh, or, or I have like a, a, a discord that is, is, is kind of blowing up. So if you want to see um, kind of the the formation of the ideas that we're doing in Vast, if you want to have some ideas, boy, that's fun. I sure love it when people get some good ideas and screenshots and all that kind of stuff. You can find me on my Discord, and that's linked in any of my videos. That's pretty easy to pretty easy to hook up. An addendum there. I'm pretty sure everybody does Twitter badly. I have yet to find somebody who does Twitter well. So uh, you're in good company there, I think. So uh, you can find more about this show and the links to some of the things we've talked about today, including, I assume, a huge library of the people we've name-dropped and all of the stuff to do with Vastin at thespawnchunks.com. The music for The Spawn Chunks was composed by me, and we are proud to be a listener-supported podcast. If you get some value out of the show, why not consider putting some value back in? Of course, after you've donated to the GoFundMe page we mentioned earlier you can visit patreon.com slash the spawn chunks to join our community where pledging at any level will get you to uh, an invite to our patrons only discord chat and get us closer to our next milestone goal read more information about that on the patreon page i am delighted to say that having dipped down below half a stack we are now up above half a stack this week at 34 patrons thank you guys so much for supporting the show it always means a lot Sharing the podcast with your friends is the easiest way to support the show. You can find us at The Spawn Chunks on Twitter and Instagram. Personal recommendations go a long way. So more than just social media, poke a friend in the arm and say, hey, you should listen to The Spawn Chunks because they're cool. I'm cool. You should be cool too. Email the show at thespawnchunks at gmail.com. Subscribe on your favorite podcast app or podcast platform. That includes iTunes, Android, Stitcher, and Spotify. The RSS feed is linked on thespunchunks.com and the patron-only RSS feed is on the Patreon page and that is the only place that you can listen to the render distance. I should also make a note here that next week's show is going to be the last one of the year because the next two Mondays after that fall on the 24th, which is Christmas Eve, and the 31st, which is New Year's Eve. And I think both Joel and I have other plans around those times. So we're going to be out for two shows. Thank you guys so much for supporting us throughout this year. And after the 17th, we will be back again on, I think, January 6th is what it works out as. Something like Sixth that. Sixth or seventh, yeah. Whatever that first Monday is after the, the first of the year. But 
we are going to be doing a kind of roundup and uh, chunk mail heavy show uh, next week. So if anybody has any questions they want to get in to the spawn chunks at gmail.com, we would love to hear from you for that show in particular. So my name has been Pixel Riffs, and you can find most of what I do at youtube.com slash Pixel Riffs, where I have the Minecraft Survival Guide series we mentioned at the top of the show, and a multiplayer Let's Play series called Decidedly Vanilla. I'm also the voice of the unofficial Hermitcraft recap, which you can find through a quick YouTube search, and I stream three days a week on Twitch, where I just started playing Final Fantasy IX, a relic from my childhood and one of the greatest games I think I've ever played, so come by and check that out. I also do Minecraft projects for my YouTube series occasionally and play other games from time to time. Aside from that, I'm at Pixel on both Twitter and Instagram. Joel, where can people find you online? Everything I am doing online, including my illustration and design portfolio, is on joelduggan.com. Links to all the podcasts I do are on there as well, and all the links to my social media. I'm easy to find. It's just my name, YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks for visiting the Spawn Chunks. The world outside is infinite, but in the realm of Vastin, it's bigger.